Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen Savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your hen saver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Hey, folks, we have another Arctic blast coming through the country. We're going to have super low temperatures depending on where you live. I know here in the deep south, it's going to get down to uh, the high teens, actually, early next week. So if you leave and live anywhere in the country north of the deep south, then you'll probably be in the single digits and maybe even below zero. In most cases, nobody needs to heat their coop if they have an appropriate coop. But I know many of you, your chickens are no longer livestock but they are pets. So you may heat your coop. If you heat your coop, we want you to do it safely without the risk of fire. And so there's only one product I recommend, and that is the Sweeter Heater. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Great show today. 
We've got Richard Frudenberger, publisher of Back Home Magazine, calling in. And today's topic is all about the brown recluse spider and uh, how to be aware of that, facts about habitats, hideaways for the dangerous uh, spider, and how to keep them at bay in your home and home place. So that'll be today here uh, shortly. But we are. We're having a massive uh, cold storm uh, coming down, dipping from uh, Canada. And I'm uh, just seeing some of the pictures on Facebook of some of the Chicken Whisperer fans and the snow and the wind and the whiteout conditions and just horrible. Somebody was talking about being out of power. Um, Ooh-wee. So um, somebody had posted on there. So how do I... Um, uh, keep my uh, pipes from freezing in my camper if I happen to be out. You know, someone put uh, move to Florida. <laughs> so I guess that's one way to do it. But, uh, yeah, even here uh, tonight we're supposed to get below freezing, and then it looks like that um, Tuesday night, next like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, ooh, it's going to be chilly. Even here down in the deep south, uh, down to about 21, 22 degrees, uh, maybe even a little lower than that. And uh, we were looking at going actually up to the northeast Georgia mountains on uh, Tuesday to see my uh, dad for celebrate Thanksgiving a little early with him. And uh, they may be in the uh, um, mid to uh, upper teens in that area. So it's going to be chilly. But I guess this is the season, Uh, um, you know, for all of us that complained about the hot weather. Here we are. Now we're complaining about the cold. So we just can't keep humans happy. Got to love it. Hey, Richard Frudenberger just called in. I see his uh, extension here on the uh, uh, switchboard. So uh, let's get over. Let's get on with this show, and let's talk about uh, the brown recluse spider and the dangers. You know what? And and I'm going to tell you, uh, right before I bring him on, if you missed it, you need to Google um, brown recluse spiders infest house. Literally in the last 30 days, maybe maybe, – the last 60 days, um, there was a house, and I forget exactly where it was, a beautiful home, valued at uh, about a half a million dollars, maybe like $450,000, uh, that had a true an infestation of brown recluse spiders. Uh, the owners moved in. They were coming out of the walls, the ceilings, uh, from the floor. They had uh, entomologists come in. They guesstimated that there were over 5,000 living in the house itself. Uh, of this one brown recluse spider, one of the, the top three, I guess, deadliest in the country, poisonous. And um, they tried to, it's been an ongoing situation, but they tried to um, sue both the insurance company because they wouldn't do anything about it. Uh, I believe it was State Farm. And then uh, the previous owners for not disclosing this information when they bought the house. Uh, the previous owners filed for bankruptcy, I guess, to uh, you assume uh, prevent getting sued. Um, I think the family had just moved out and said, here, bank, you can have this. Uh, spiders were coming out of the, the tub drain. and It was just horrible. Um, and so I guess the bank hired a company to come out. They put a tarp. Had pictures of it. It was all over national news. Uh, a huge, big tarp basically covered the entire house and fumigated, and even and when after they did that, they did say that it was uh, 5,000, 6,000 spiders, something like that, that they had counted dead uh, from, the, and they say that that is going to take care of it. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure if I'd want to buy that house now either. A lot of people were jokingly, and maybe not jokingly, saying, they need to burn it down <laughs> and start over. So, um, wow. So it's And you often hear about things uh, about um just recently, I heard about a boy that a young boy, teenage boy, a little earlier that died. He got bit by a brown recluse. Uh, didn't know what it was. Went to the hospital. His leg swelled up. Uh, they didn't treat it properly. Didn't identify as that. Gave him, I don't know, something, and sent him home. 
and then uh, a fever uh, seizing went back and got it in, got infected from the infection and, and, and passed away. So uh, these things are not good news to have. We need to know where to look for them uh, or not to look for them. <laughs> in my case, and then uh, and what to do to prevent them. So we've got Richard Frudenberger, publisher of Backbone Magazine, joining us right now, and uh, we're going to talk about this uh, nasty little critter. A lot of people, when they talk about spiders, always think of the black widow and things like that, but this one is up there on the list. Whenever you read about the black widow, you normally see uh, about close to. Let's give uh, Richard a big chicken whisper welcome. Hey, Richard, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, sure. It's good so, to be here. Uh, yeah, I think we've all kind of encountered this. Nobody, I don't know, uh, that anybody I know loves uh, or likes spiders. Uh, they'll even like snakes more than they will like spiders, and I'm not a fan either. So, um, but so it, and it's something that uh, we all need to be aware of because they're bad news. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the problem with the with the recluse is that it's it's fairly common, um, and uh it's also probably wider spread as far as the uh as the you know lower 48 states uh wider spread than most people realize um you know officially it's limited to uh a certain portion of the country but um but there have been reported and confirmed bites in areas on the fringes of that uh, more and more frequently so uh whether that has to do with climate um situations as far as it getting you know more habitable for them or or whether uh, I believe in some of the um, some of the reading I did it's that people are moving of course people move a lot a lot more than they used to uh, from job to job or from area to area for a number of reasons and uh, and it happens um, um, you know I, I don't remember the statistic but they you know the average person moves you know six times in their lifetime or ten times or something but um but a lot of people move more frequently in a shorter period of time than they than they used to and and these these insects these spiders live in um often live in clothing and and uh, um you know in things that are stored or packed or whatever so when you move if you as long as you're not moving to the you know northern alaska or some place that's extremely hot because they they don't like either extreme um more than likely if you take them from uh, say um um southern alabama to uh tennessee they'll go right along with you and in tennessee they'll thrive just as well as they did in alabama so um so that's you know that's the other the other part of it there the the name sort of lets people know why they're um not always visible is that they're reclusive I mean, it's a brown recluse and it's a it's a it's a spider that really doesn't like um doesn't like to expose itself and uh and generally um you know lives in in clothing and and um bed linens and you know places like that where it's going to be left alone and uh, and it doesn't actively go out and stalk a human being to bite them but uh, generally gets put in a situation where they uh, where they have to uh, defend themselves or I guess I guess that's the word have to do something about it and uh, and they and they bite so um you know it's a um, it's a well, you mentioned you know looking on the internet um you know I, I when uh, we did an article on uh, on, on the brown recluse, uh, oh, probably back in uh, 2005 or six, and uh, and several issues after that, we we had so many letters, we had to answer some of the letters. People were, you know, had either personal experiences to talk about, or you know, some people denied that 
they were that widespread or that they only lived in certain states and they never were beyond that and all that and um, and so it it uh, you know forced us to look in, into the into the facts deeper to get responses and uh, so it was quite an interesting little ongoing article mm-hmm. for uh, for a few months and um, and uh, you know again it's not a uh, it's not an uncommon the bites are not the bites are not common not extremely common but the but the presence or incidence of the spiders are, are probably a lot more common than people realize and uh, you know it's it's worthwhile thinking about um, you know thinking about where they are what they what they can do and and uh, and all that kind of thing because uh, um, the bites are uh, well the bites sort of range are painful um, some people experience pain when they're bitten and some people don't experience any more than just an discomfort when they're bitten, and don't really think more than a mosquito or, or uh, something like that. But um, but the end result, if left untreated, can be uh, quite, you know, quite uh, disastrous. I mean, I was, in the magazine we had printed some pictures of some, you know, quite nauseating pictures of. Uh, by the tenth day, if if left untreated, the uh, the uh, wound is, you know, deeply into the muscle and down to the, this particular picture is down to the bone. Um, that's not a very long time. Like the ne- necrosis that occurs. Yeah, exactly. The, I don't know, venom, the venom, I guess, just it's like a. I compare it to like a flesh-eating disease, and you know, in that that general area. Yeah, it's a it's a, such a high. My understanding is that it's such a high protein. There are proteins in the bite in the venom that is so so extremely strong that um, that it eats away at the um, at the flesh and uh, and um, uh, dissolves it essentially. Um, and uh you know not not everyone gets the same result or the same effect um and i assume, i would have to assume that some people have more of a resistance or more of a something in their in their system that might that may help tone down some of the effect but but uh um you know some of the more horrendous uh cases are are you know pretty pretty serious and uh, and i'm you know just i'm sure open to infection i mean if, if if these aren't taken care of, and I, looking at some of these photos, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine someone not, not taking care of it. I mean, when they realized that there was definitely a problem. Um, but um, even a even a minor bite or a, or a or a minor incidence of being bitten and and maybe a low grade a low grade infection or or venom uh, attack is um, is um, a discomfort and um, and you know they actually form lesions that. Um, you know that that eventually turn into uh, into um, you know eaten flesh, and it's just it's just really swollen and um, and uh, exposed to the uh, to the atmosphere, and uh, um, you know not not a good thing. Um, the um, the spider itself, it's I mean it's sort of hard to describe it, uh, but it's not um, it's it's a small spider, but it's a very spindly looking spider. It's only uh, it's got a fairly small body, and um, and it has long, you know, as a as a um, arachnid, it has eight legs, and it has long, uh, not particularly heavy legs, not hairy um, legs that you can see. They're just, um, you know, sort of thin and, and long, and the uh, and the body itself isn't isn't all that, you know, isn't all that big. It's a it's a brown spider. Now I know there are other uh, other spiders in the um, in the uh, you know the same. Uh, I guess there'd be genus uh, that are not brown recluses, but there's other other recluse spiders. But um, you know, basically the most common ones are um, are 
uh, brown recluse spiders. And then, as you said in the, in the at the beginning and in, uh, introduction party of the show, you um, you know people think of spiders and they immediately think of um, of uh, black widows and uh, and the brown recluse now. And you know it really wasn't until more recently that the brown recluse came up. I'm sure locally in places where they're very common, um, the brown recluse is you know held and known as a as a you know an insect a spider that you didn't want to get bitten by. But I think with the broadening of its range. Um, you know, the word got out, and the brown recluse is more, more um, known now. Um, the um, you know the problem is that not a lot of uh, in areas that aren't that aren't um, that they're not really common to a, a physician or, or emergency room or or clinic or uh, ER you know ER quick quick urgent care place you might go to they may not always diagnose the bite correctly, and uh, you mentioned that with the um, with the little example you gave with the, with the with the child um i mean even a, even a even a general practitioner may not or a hospital may not uh, and uh and that's uh, you know that's a problem um so it's important for people to understand and and help any diagnosis when they go to a physician to um to explain the circumstance like where they were bitten how they were bitten what the situation was was it you know was it was it um after they were looking for something in the back of a closet or had they put on a uh, you know, a, a shirt or something that was that had been left, uh, you know, in the closet for six months and season change and everything, and they put the shirt on and then noticed that there was a maybe a little pinch or a bite or or not, and then later they noticed that there was a bite perhaps and um, a little a little uh, mark on it, it's a spot really, um, just uh, basically starts as just really just a red a red spot like a like any other insect would bite and it and it swells uh, swells from there. And gets uh, you know gets uh, noticeable, um, and anybody can you know like I said can Google Google the uh, images maybe or just Google brown recluse and there'll be images on on the on the uh, topic there and you can see the stages I, I've seen more than one website regarding brown recluses that have uh, you know a day one day three day you know four five six and it'll show you the progression of the bite uh, uh, all the way to its you know to its uh, culmination and it can it can be uh, you know, that's not really a very long time for something like that to uh, to occur. Um, the um, uh, I was going to uh, maybe go over a few of the places. Uh, basically, you know, they're they're pretty hardy, so uh, up to a point. Um, they live in you know in moderate climates where where the, where the temperature extremes aren't too great. Um, but they can be in, you know, in the back of cupboards. They can be under the sink or in and around, um, you know, closets and uh, in the carpet. They can, or at the edge of the carpet in the baseboard. They can be, especially like um, stored items, like uh, you know, clothing or in a trunk somewhere that's not maybe not fully closed or uh, in a in a um, a shelf shelf or cupboard that has clothes in it where where you might put something away at the end of the. Uh, at the end of the winter season and not, not get to it till the spring till the uh, uh fall again or or vice versa um uh, places where you might store linens um places where you like a sewing room or something if you if you're a occasional sewer and maybe you have a sewing room or a, or a hobby room where a portion of it's for sewing and you have piles of clothing folded or unfolded uh, maybe on tables or in the corner or in a basket or anything like that um um that's a good place if you don't, especially if they're not disturbed for a time, hampers that may not be disturbed for a time. Um, then we get outside um, into the well, even in the house, the attics, 
especially places like attics and basements are a little different. Not not that they would not go in the basement, but the attic is a little more open to their to their um, habitat, uh, open for them as a habitat, a um, little better climate for them probably. Um, and um, uh, breezeways or, or utility rooms or um, pantries, uh, places where, you know, it's, again, occasional use kind of places. Um, and... Um, and um, outdoors, they really like outbuildings, um, places where there's some protection, but they also have some, you know, foliage and 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 opportunity to, uh, you know, to um, get uh, uh, moisture and food and um, and and shelter from uh, you know from the elements. And uh, you know, a, a classic situation is somebody may store their camping equipment or whatever in a in a barn or in the tack room of a stable or in the, an outbuilding where there's where you know it's actually a closed-up outbuilding where it's protected from the weather and it's not, uh, you know, it's not used all that much. But there's storage going on, and you know, a couple, a couple sleeping bags or um, or a um, or a uh, uh, you know winter clothing or winter-related uh, outdoor stuff, and um, uh, you know, waders or um, or you put, um, you know, you might put stuff in a cardboard box or even even in a plastic tub. I mean, some of those some of those less expensive plastic tubs are not really positive sealing. I mean they're great for they're great for storage and they're and they're um you know they basically will hold most of the moisture out and all that but if they don't if they're not sealing perfectly correctly around the entire lid and especially one of the things that people do often is to stack those things and they're sort of meant to be stackable but when you start when you start putting when you start putting if you've got a tub that's maybe you know 30 inches long and and 18 inches wide and has a you know sort of a soft stiff but but flexible lid on it and then you fill it with clothes and then you have another another one and you fill that with clothes and the thir- third one and p- fill that with clothes and stack them on each other the bottom one is going to get the top is going to get distorted the lid is going to be distorted and certainly open a open a, a breach or a crack in the um, in the seal and you know that's all the, all the spider needs to get in there and um, if you have a pair of shorts in there or a long pair of long pants or a sleeping bag or whatever and you go to put it on um, you've disturbed, alarmed the spider, and disturbed it by just moving the stuff, and uh, and then you sl- you slip your leg in there or whatever, and uh, and it will uh, it will likely bite you. Um, the um, I'm just trying to see if I've left anything out as, as far as where the you know where else they go, and I'll probably come. Mm-hmm. Up, I'll probably, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just saying, I was saying we we uh, we're cleaning out. Uh, uh, closets and things like that. We had old winter clothes and all that, and uh, you know, boots and shoes were in there. And you go in there and you're thinking, okay, you know, and you'll see this maybe a little spider web in the corners, and you're thinking, okay, there's this web. Now where could the spider be? And there's you know, three pairs of shoes, a couple pairs of old boots, and work boots, and you're like you said, sweaters and clothes. And you're just like, well, as soon as I take these off the rack, they're going right into the washing machine. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and they, you know, they will live outside too, and they do, um, they do um, have. Uh, I'm not real familiar with the. If they, it, I, I see, I'm looking at a picture of the web, and it looks, a, it looks a little distinctive. It may be because of the moisture on the web, because it's not a clear picture. But, um, but the web structure looks a little different than um, than a lot of the spider webs I've seen, and I'm sure that different different types of spiders have different web me- web design mechanisms, but. Uh, um, they will also live in dried leaves and things, and that's one thing that, um, and I know I've seen them in, uh, I, I've seen them in, in um, 
in leaves on the ground, especially around the outbuildings where the wind might blow. You know, I have an outbuilding at the edge of the pasture or someplace, you know, wherever, and uh, and the wind would kick up, and when the when the leaves, like in my case, would be you know, a lot of oak leaves, and and there would be um, leaves blown in and against the building and into the, you know, into the building and along the places uh, under the cover, under the shed part, and all that, and um, and you can uh, dig through the leaves, and you'll be surprised what you find. I mean, I've seen, we have a a lot of incidents of what um, what they call wolf spiders and I'm sure anybody yeah, yeah. knows you know knows what they look like and they're horrible looking they're probably they're a lot less um a lot less um aggressive or they're not really dangerous at all um I mean they they will bite if if they have to but um they just look horrible and uh, and scary um and they're all over the place but they're not really and they come in the house but they're not really an issue um the recluse will also be in the leaves but not anywhere near as uh, to the to the number that the uh, that the uh uh, wolf spider will be, but um, you know, again, you're really not you're really not um, safe, um, or or uh, you know, you're not eliminated off the list if uh, uh, if if it's not an indoor, it's not just indoors, it's 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 all over the place. And um, although they do like the protection of a of a structure of some type, um, you know, whether it's just under the under the rafters or someplace, you know, someplace uh, just out of the out of the direct weather, um, the uh, one interesting thing is is it's 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 sort of difficult for the spider to bite. It's not it's not e- it's not an easy thing for them to do. They really have to they really have to work at it. Um, and they also with these spiders, it's also a situation of how um, how much venom they may have available. Um, uh, and the mouth part, the mouth components, the parts of the of the brown recluse uh, spider is designed as such that they um, they really have to their head where their mouth is really has to be pushed hard against your skin as a person or against the victim um and uh, before it to bite it it really uh, as 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 uh, one uh uh i guess he's an entomologist he he uh, i'm not sure if he is or not but it was a i'm just quoting somebody anyway he knows about insects and he uh, he said it's almost like they're being forced to kiss you. They'll, they'll, the mouth parts has to be has to be really close. They have to feel, feel very threatened in a situation like where they're not they're not electing to bite, but they're being forced to bite, and they actually have to get that those fangs right up in there, and um, and uh, um, and then it can happen. But other than that, they're really not able to uh, complete the the bite. And the other part is it you know, obviously we're pretty big as humans compared to them, and they um, and they. Um, um you know their bite may not be uh, for a, for a, a larger person the bite may not really be that um you know that much of a of an effect on them obviously it will be it may be painful or it may be um, there may be some of that deterioration of the skin but it may not be um as big an issue as it would be with a child or somebody with of less you know less weight um the um some of the some of the symptoms beyond the beyond the uh, just the the mark, um, you know, the uh, the uh, bite indicator mark and the swelling and the red redness is that uh, there there can be chills and a feeling of nausea. Um, even before looking at the pictures, <laughs> you, you you could be bitten by the spider and 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 uh, it's just a you know just a feeling of sort of a uh, ill ill at ease feeling and a little bit of nausea and the chills kind of thing and um, and um, you know definitely something that you would notice and. To put two and two together, I have a mark on my skin. It's turning red. 
I'm, I'm having these other symptoms, and that you know that's that should be enough to send send you to the, your to your doctor or to your urgent care or wherever you where wherever you get your medical care. Um, um, you know the, the um, you know the corners of the house, the the ceilings of the of a back closet or something. It's uh, um, you know just a uh, they do live they do live in webs, but they but they also can be in um, in um, you know piles of clothing, like I said, and other 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 things, um, and they're fairly easy to um, you know to get rid of physically. Just to they don't they're they're not um, particularly flighty. Like uh, again, going back to the uh, wolf spider, that's a that's a pretty difficult spider to to kill if you're not quick. I mean, other than spraying it with something. Uh, I mean, if you I, I like to if if I have to kill a spider, and I I usually don't. I try not to kill them in the house. I try if I can get them out of the house, I just do that. Um, but um, a wolf spider it will run. I mean, they'll they'll stand still up to a point, and then they'll run very quickly. And it's sometimes difficult to to get them. Um, the recluse is more is less alarmable. It doesn't get alarmed as easily, so it's not as difficult to uh, to smack them if that's what you're gonna what you're gonna do. Um, the um, you know some people hit them with uh, fly swatters or something, but they will feel that. I mean, if it's if it's coming close to them like that, they they can um, you know take note of that and uh, and they'll they'll take off. Um, the um, you know the the they can be in picture frames. They can be behind places where you uh, like clocks or things like that. Where you, again, where you're really not going to uh, uh, disturb them uh, for long periods, and that's their that's their refuge and their uh, again with their rec, you know reclusiveness. And they um, you know they really um, they really are are attuned to places like that. And in fact, I mean you could you could probably go on a, a recluse hunt and in and in places like that just really spend some time looking for them um and if 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 you're if you're, anyone's concerned i would suggest that uh you know actually looking for them and seeing if you seeing if you can locate um you know locate the web and locate the spider and uh um you know at least if anything you'll get the the dusting and cleaning done that you had meant to do uh, this may this may force mm-hmm. people to uh to to do that um uh you know, again, if the spider, I you'll, you'll have to. Some people will have to. They'll have to look uh, at a book or or Google it to find out what they look like. But they're, um, you know, they're um, they're not um, uh, not big spiders at all. I mean, and as far as the body goes, they're fairly, you know, fairly uh, small. Um, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of um, of. Um, Taking a look now, they will have they will have a they do have a little a, li- a very tiny unlike the unlike the uh, black widow they have a very very tiny fiddle shape um, uh, mark and uh, and you can actually see it if you if you if you can look very closely I mean it, you know it would have to be dead I guess but uh, uh, with a either with a um, magnifying glass or just if you have good eyes you can see it but uh, they're very small and not as discernible as as say the the one on the on the uh, black widow, but um, uh, you can you know you can um, identify that if you're if you're interested at you know take a look before beforehand and get a good look at what the spider looks like the color range because there is a color there is a range of browns and um, and uh, and those markings and uh, and you um, uh, you know you can ad- identify it by that um, some people I'm sure will just be like they are with with snakes i mean just be if i see the spider i'm just going to kill it i don't care what it is and you know that's their 
that's their choice. Um, and that, of course, will eliminate any 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 pain of having to identify: uh, Do I have the right spider? It's just they're all going to be um, they're all going to be uh, uh, smashed. So it uh, you know it doesn't matter. Um, the the fiddle the fiddle shape will be darker than the rest of the than the rest of the body so it's uh, it's obvious and um, and as I said some some will be much more obvious than others um, uh, and um, and uh, you know that's one one good way of, of looking at them um, I I guess the um, the um, other thing to talk about would be the range and that again we sort of referred to that in the beginning initially and and people still still support this uh is that it's basically a the the core of the range is in the south central midwest so that would include like tennessee um east texas or you know a good part of texas but not not the extreme west part of texas um oklahoma um let me see where else that would include like places like louisiana uh, mississippi alabama uh uh generally northern georgia uh, you know the northern northwestern part of half half of the state of georgia basically off towards the northwest uh western north carolina western south carolina um uh did i mention uh, you know tennessee and arkansas and uh, southern illinois and kentucky and um you know just a sort of a circle around that around that ex- extreme western part of the eastern states and then the uh not much further than Illinois, and and uh, and not much further west than, uh, say, the uh, west or uh, east central, or the central the central part of Texas, but excluding the west. However, um, in doing in doing additional uh, research and looking into into the range and and checking some of the um, some of the some of the um, um, positive bites, uh, the actual confirmed bites. Uh, the range is beyond that, and um, and it, it isn't um, it isn't that unusual to find you know to find uh, there were examples in in places in South Carolina, for example, or Georgia where they weren't supposed to be in parts of North Carolina, Virginia, um, and especially other parts going further west into Tex- south and west into Texas, and and even further into the um, into the desert area where it's a different mainly a, in fact almost overwhelmingly a, a larger amount of it's it's also a reckless spider but it's not a brown reckless spider um so um it, you know the range is the range is expanded and so people really need to be you know aware of that when they um, when they get bitten if um if there is swelling and especially if there's any pain and uh, and the swelling changes you know fairly rapidly um that really has to be something they you know they look into um I um, guess I'm, I'm sort of thinking of other other ways of um, getting rid of them. I think a, another a, a, a safe way of doing it uh, is vacuuming. You know, just uh, obviously mm-hmm. keeping the house clean with the vacuum, but also putting the nozzle on the on the vacuum tube and um, and just getting in there and getting all the corners right up to the, along the up. You know, I don't mean just the floor. Up in say in a closet, for example, along the all the corners. Ceiling and floor, and then all along the baseboard where the board hits the carpet. A lot, a lot of homes have have uh, you know wall-to-wall carpeting, and there is actually a little space. You don't really see it. You don't really wouldn't notice unless you unless you get down on your hands and knees, and you can actually stick your finger. There's a there's a um, a tack strip under there that holds the carpet down, but there is a little space or a little bit of freedom there between the bottom of the baseboard and the uh, and the uh, top of the carpet. So there's 
that, and if you just run the the vacuum, especially with the with the little nozzle end on it, along that line, you'll pull out all sorts of stuff, and you know, including we hope uh, any any uh, brown recluses that are nesting down in there or hanging out. Um, and if you don't have hardwood floor, I mean, if you don't have uh, carpet, you may have hardwood floor tile or whatever, um, and uh, it, that's finished in different ways. I mean, there's normally a piece of little quarter round molding that might go down along to touch the floor uh, covering, but uh, if you don't, there there could be a space uh, in between the edge of the floor covering, whatever it is, and the uh, baseboard or or the wood that's trimming the floor, and that you know that again can be can be addressed with the with a vacuum cleaner and just um, and just you know get on with it. And then, uh, as you mentioned before, um, do not uh, keep up with your paper and books. You know your accumulations of paper, piled up books stuff like that. I mean, a, a book in a bookshelf is still open for, behind it, especially open for a recluse, but that's the kind of thing you can sort of make a habit of pulling the books out and keeping clean, uh, dusting and vacuuming behind the uh, behind the, the rear part of the cabinet and, you know, put the books back in and, and keep that up. Um, but books laying around, I mean, obviously when they're just sitting around on tables and in corners, in stacked in corners and stuff, you they're not something you access all the time so they're perfect opportunity for spiders to live in and around the books um the um the other thing is piles of clothing you know as i said before mentioned before and also um um paper i mean people collect newspapers magazines um uh you know print materials and that's a perfect op- a perfect uh, habitat for them um you know may need to may need to um keep them in a in a uh you know, in a in a case, for example, like I I have, you know, being in the publishing business, I've always had, or tried to always have um, cases, or uh, I don't know what you guess they're called, cases or covers or whatever. They're, you know, slip a year's worth of back home or whatever into the into the little box, and and you can put it on the shelf that way, and and uh, you know, it just keeps it neat and clean instead of instead of just piling them all over the place. Um, so anything like that in the way of just general housekeeping will will. Do a whole lot towards um, towards you know eliminating the uh, the places they can live and lurk, um, and um, and in the closets and such. Again, keeping dedicating containers, and you know if it takes a good container with it with a very positive seal or a, or a foot locker that can close and and make a seal all around it, um, just something that that will prevent the the spider from crawling in into the contents in and among the clothing or whatever it is that's in there um that'll do it i mean again you may you may have to pull the the container tub out or the footlocker out once in a while and vacuum back there but um but uh, you know other than that uh, uh it, it's really just eliminating the opportunity for them to um to hide someplace um and they'll find you know other other places preferably outside um, um you know in the attic and such i mean that's that's one thing, I mean, if they're up there and they're and they're staying up there, and there's no reason for them to come down into the into the um, into the conditioned quarters where you live, um, it's not really a problem unless um, unless you store clothing and stuff you're going to be touching up in the in the attic of the of the house. You know, I, I say I say attic. I, in in my case, I mean, I, I don't I don't have an attic, and I'm sure a lot of people don't. Uh, I don't have a walk-in attic. I have a, basically a ceiling space over the an attic space over the ceiling, which is, um, um, you know, open to the, well, it's not open. It's has, it has vents and it's vented and all that, but it does, it does have screens and, and that kind of thing. So that 
you know you wouldn't want squirrels and stuff up there, but any insect can really get in there because uh, the screens aren't that um, you know that big or that uh, small. And um, and so, but it's still a good storage place because it's dry and and warm and um, and the rain doesn't get in there and it's uh, you know basically just the peak of the, the very peaky peak top of the roof. Um, but again, that's a that's a great habitat for the um, for the spiders to to live. So anything stored up there, if you do access it, you know every season or whatever, um, it'd be a real good idea to uh, to be careful in in taking it down, um, and then to um, to make sure it's um, it's uh, well cleaned or checked or brushed or vacuumed or whatever it is you have to do to uh, to get it um, to get it uh, you know free of any any anything like the recluse spider uh, before you get into it because um, you know you don't want to. You, you don't want to, uh, of course, bring down something from the attic and leave it in the hallway for uh, a day before you get to it, because that's the perfect opportunity for a, a spider that normally may have been in the in that situation to now migrate to a different part of the house, which where you live, which is what you don't want. Um, so just thinking about that kind of thing um, is, uh, you know, is important. Um, mm-hmm. The um, uh, uh, let me see the. Um, Oh, one of the other things that I, one of the readers actually mentioned to us was um, was the skirts on beds, and that's a great place. You know, it looked nice. You have a you have a nice bed, and you have a little bed skirt uh, from the bottom of the mattress or or frame down to the floor. Those things are. It also hides the under bed storage that a lot of people have and use. Um, so it all works out very good for storage, but it works out even better for brown recluses because they, then they have a they actually have a place to hide, and they also have a path right up to your sleeping. Area your mattress and your pillows and such, so that's um, that may be something to really think about. Um, if if they have no route to the, if they have no easy route to the um, to the mattress, they they really, you know, probably are not going to get up there. Now, not that they can't climb the legs of the bed and do it, but it's going to be a lot less, you know, not a lot less um, um, uh, opportunity for them. Um, the other thing that one of the readers mentioned, who actually have to be a physician, I believe. Is um, said that the um, actually spraying them isn't really that effective because it, you they will definitely be affected by a direct hit on a, being sprayed like if they were on the floor and you can see them. But actually getting into the corners and getting all the places that, that you have to penetrate to to be able to really um, eliminate the population uh, is not is not really possible with the spray because it just doesn't get it just doesn't get. Uh, um, into the kind of crevices and uh, and deep cracks and things that are in so many houses and especially older homes where the where the wood flooring may have shrunk and there's a lot of uh, voids in the wood uh, you know um, maybe in the part where you walk the voids could have been repaired um, or covered with rugs or whatever but the uh, but these voids still exist around the edges which is where the spiders love to live so um, it's it's extremely difficult to use a spray to um, you know to um, deal with them now uh, other than a professional service which may actually and i think you might have mentioned this i mean some in some extreme cases they may actually wrap the entire house or 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 a room in um in plastic or seal the room somehow and just just completely fumigate the room and let it stay there let the let the um, chemical stay in there for you know 24 hours before they uh open it up again and um you know that's of course would be effective but it's also expensive um, that's a professional, a professional treatment, really. Um, the um, uh, a good time to to get after these 
to get after these spiders is um, is late uh, late summer because they do they do tend to come out more at the end of the summer and uh, and they're you know they're they're searching for mates at that time they're stocking up their food for, at that time um, they um, you know they're doing a lot of activity at that time and I know I know we're talking about this now which is you know well past the late summer but the reason I I brought it up for this topic of discussion now in November is because um, it's because people uh, maybe a little sooner than this, and maybe more in October, or whatever. But the weather is changing, and people are going to be are going to be um, getting and looking for and getting into their winter clothing. And so at least they can be aware of um, aware of the possibility of a spider in their stuff. Um, the um, you know the spiders need to eat just like you know we do. So the um, the, ki- the 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 crumbs of food left out, uh, residue res- residue left on plates, um, just crumbs. Uh, even pet food that's uh, you know when you leave out the uh, cat food or whatever they like it too um so it doesn't doesn't take much to feed a spider so it's just a just a real good a real good um practice to keep your counters clean of uh residual food of leftover food uh and uh, and even the surface of the counters um uh you know wipe them clean with a, with a cloth uh and a you know cleaner uh, sinks and counters and the edges of the counters um stove tops uh, you know anything in the kitchen where food you know, food may be, um, you know, you can, um, I mean, I, I have found that vinegar, white vinegar and, and water, um, I usually mix it a little bit, I, I usually mix two parts of white vinegar to one part of water, and it takes care of a lot of stuff, I mean, stains and all sorts of stuff, odors, um, food, cleaning, you know, general, just a general cleaning, other than using, you know, as opposed to using the more chemicals, the kind of chemicals you buy at the store, uh, you know, the regular cleaning, um, cleaning, uh, products that you would buy at the store which are not only expensive but they also are not always that you know good for places food surfaces where you eat i mean i don't like builds up a you know a toxic uh, residue after a while one, one um, thing that's uh, related for one thing that's related for this this tis the season and that is uh we were cleaning out an attic of uh, the home up the street and uh bringing it down the attic steps and, and things but i was thinking you know uh, all the folks in the next <clears throat> Millions and millions of people in the next uh, 30 days are going to be, uh, and less, are going to be pulling out uh, Christmas uh, decorations and holiday decorations and things like that. So they're going up into the attic. They have these boxes. They have these bins, cardboard boxes, the plastic bins, the you know everything. The Christmas tree that was up there in the box are a lot of people uh, just kind of uh, have the artificial tree that keep it in the attic fully assembled. Just bring it down and set it up. So. Um, all those hiding places like you had talked about, but now uh, uh, a lot of people are going to be going up into that attic and bringing things down that have been up there for a year and uh, just going to be on the lookout for these. Oh, yeah. And one other place that I'm I'm just, I was just checking some notes on some of the readers' um, letters to us, shoes. You know, I'd forgotten all about that, just shoes, especially shoes, where even even if you don't, uh, beyond the ones that you may store in the closet for uh, you know, summer, winter, you know, that kind of seasonal shoes, but, but even ones that you may, say, have a weekend pair of boots or shoes that you, you know, knock around shoes that you may not use every, during the week, but they'll be set aside off in the corner someplace for, say, you know, five days, and, and you use them only, you know, every, once a week perhaps or something like that, but that's long enough for the spider to get in there and just, um, you know, take the time to um, to shake them out, look into them, whatever, just to make sure there's no, um, you know, no... Uh, uh, spiders in there and and even more so when um, when they have been undisturbed the shoes have been left you know somewhere in the corner for you know a longer time um 
I also was reminded here that the, uh, a lot of county health departments have um, have handouts that they can give you with actual pictures of the spiders on them and, and a lot of good information for, for people who don't have access to the Internet. And, you know, I, I know we there are probably more people that um, than we you know, then you think that um, just don't have the time or the energy or the interest or the or the finances to to bother with it, um, and are not web surface or whatever. The uh, a printed page with a picture on it is, is important, and you can you can either go to the public library and get a, a you know probably a, a book or two uh, uh, or good information on on the spider, or you can um, or you can possibly go to the, your county web county uh, health department and get uh, get a handout or at least get some other information. Um, you know, they're not. Um, they they can range in um, in size. I mean, obviously the the younger ones are the the uh, the uh, juveniles are a lot smaller, but the big the big ones, the adult adult ones can uh, um, can go. You know, they'll they'll range about the size of a quarter to you know larger than that, and they can be anywhere from a, a light beige brown to a very um, a very dark brown. Um, the um, you know, as I said, the leg span is. What I'm talking about in the size of the body itself is, is not that is not that large, but the leg span can be quite you know quite uh, large. So it's not they're easy enough to see because they're big enough. Um, the um, you know the, they range uh, they range uh, their size range can be you know quite quite a quite a nice range. Um, the um, I'm trying to think of some other things here. I had some notes down here that we. Made just to just to um, well yeah one of the other things is they will they will um, they have a sense of home a sense of the nest so they will um, try to if they're threatened they will try to um, you know make it back to where they to their nest so if you if there's uh, if there's a if you are in the process of sort of cleaning house and you notice they are fleeing and they're going in a certain direction that's probably something to take note of um, mm-hmm. And in killing them, if you uh, if you are going to actually crush them, step on them, whatever, they really have to get crushed. I mean, crunched or crushed is is the way to do it because they're not they're um, um, uh, they're t- the tissue and uh, and the way they're built is is very liquid and they uh, and they um, they need to be actually smashed. Uh, they can they can sort of rebound from a you know, from what you would think would be a, a death blow, and so and so they really have to be, you know, crunched. Um, and the legs aren't all that. Are, there's not that much substance to the legs, so they can they can pull them in tight, and it looks like they're all crunched up and dead. But you know, they may not really be. So they they um, mm-hmm. they have to be. Um, you know, they have to really be smashed. And again, if you're if you're doing it, it's, it's difficult to work with gloves on. Um, if you if you don't have gloves on and you're saying using a tissue or a paper towel to smash the spider, just don't just don't make the mistake of trying to, you know, assuming the spider's dead or or just not think it's in the middle of the of the tissue and it's actually in one of the folds. And when you go to sort of unravel the tissue or or crunch it up more, that you're going to put your finger right on the on the live body, which you assume was dead. And that's exactly what you know what we were talking about before it having to to get it's its uh, body up close to your skin to to be able to bite and that's you know a perfect example of of that so um uh let me yeah. um real quick i will just take a real quick break uh, richard and then you can uh, uh wrap up look at you know some of the notes anything that you definitely wanted to get across to the listeners today and make sure you don't miss anything as we come back for our very last segment and uh folks we're talking with richard frugenberger publisher of back home magazine today we're talking about um 
Well, brown recluse beware. Facts about the habits and hideaways for the dangerous brown recluse spider. And there'll be more coming up right after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brensi, the incubation specialist. Brensi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brensi.com. Brensi spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brensi.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy. Technology you can trust. You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer, here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today. Our guest today is Richard Krugenberger, publisher of Back Home Magazine. Richard, uh, we'll let you uh, kind of wrap it up here in our last segment about today's topic. Just wanted to give you a second to uh, regroup, look at your notes, see if there's anything uh, mission critical you wanted to share with us that may not have uh, entered uh, into the uh, topic or the show uh, matter so far. Yeah, no, it's uh, pretty much it. I, I did, I did want to um, want to uh, let people know that it's not particularly. Um, the uh, although the the number of spiders out there are is is you know fairly high in in the states that uh, in the states where they're where they're, the core group of states that they're known to to uh, where they're known to frequent 
the the um, the number of bites for all the population of spiders is uh, is extremely low. Um, it's actually less than one percent. Um, so, uh, of yeah, the the um, the uh, I guess what I, what I what it actually is saying is that one percent of the of the incidence of biting only about one percent of them is is actually serious. I mean, what what we would call a serious bite as to as to the uh, uh, like relating to the pictures that we were talking about earlier, or the kind of deep you know deep infections and lesions that that you know we discussed earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Missouri is a Missouri is a good example of a state where they're where they're very common. Um, it says here I have a little little uh, handout that was actually contributed to by a physician in um, in Missouri who uh, who uh, uh, contributed to this little um, little flyer on on the brown recluse bites that the that the um, they estimate that about 70% of Missouri homes are infested or not infested but uh, are uh, there are there are brown recluse spiders in about 70% of all homes in Missouri so it's not an uncommon uh, that's the sort of the core state of the whole the whole group of of midwestern states that uh, that uh, are known for the spiders um but only uh, a very very few very few of those um for all those spiders in all those homes very few incidents actually occur of bites and then of those incidents that occur only about 1% are, are deemed you know serious whereas comparing that to say a black widow bite which um is not only uh Fairly serious and a lot, a lot more so, uh, a lot more often, but also can be fatal. Uh, the um, the uh, brown recluse bite is it's very very rare that the brown recluse bite is fatal. It's almost it's it's very uncommon, but um, it can be. But uh, but the black widow bite, on the other hand, can be uh, you know much more of a uh, much more of an issue with that. Um, and um, and they are, as I said, they are um, sort of. Um, Reclusive, so they really don't want to be. They don't want to be um, bothered, so they will attempt to run away. It's for, you know, they may they may stand there until they figure out what's going on. But when you get close to them, they'll go, um, and they will go generally in the direction of their nest. So um, it it's, makes it a little easier to find them eventually. Um, but they don't want to. Uh, they're not aggressive type spiders. They do not want to bite you, and they don't want to challenge you. They just want to, you know, eat and breed and and uh live quietly in their little reclusive piles of clothing and such so uh, you know basically that's um the the uh the practice of just keeping um you know keeping the papers and the clothing and the piles of things uh to a minimum and and sort of living uh living a housekeeping lifestyle where where you're where you might might be in the on the more minimalist side where there's not so much clutter uh would be one good way of um of cutting down the incidence of uh, of being bitten by a spider or even having them in the, in the house. So that's uh, really about it. Um, I just, you know, okay. it's a good time of year to be talking about that as people get their winter stuff out. So I thought, you know, well, let's, let's do that. Is, uh, I couldn't help but uh, uh, giggle under my breath a little bit just a second when you were describing the brown recluses. I just kind of want to be left alone, be by themselves, eat and breathe. And I'm thinking, uh, I know some people like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think mo- most of us have probably encountered it, whether we knew it or not, and uh, we- we've seen them in the news, we've heard of them. We know, you know, maybe somebody that has uh, been bit by one that that ended up having an issue that needs to be, you know, heavy antibiotics, maybe even surgery and things like that. But 
Um, yeah, get, getting all the uh, holiday goodies out of the attic. Uh, I think a uh, very timely uh, uh, episode for folks, uh, especially, I guess, if you live in Missouri, time to move. But um, <laughs> just deal with it. That would be more educated on it. Well, that's a pretty staggering number. But, um, you know, if if you always hear for years that, that uh, maybe urban legend that no matter where you are in your home, you're no more than three feet from a spider or something like that. You know, you always see those things. Or how many uh, have you ever looked at your sheets with a microscope and seen all the <laughs> the living things? It's crazy. But um, yeah, timely manner is something that everybody can uh, probably relate to. So thank you very much for sharing this information. And uh, if you want to read this particular specific article. Uh, from that Back Home Magazine, you can do so. Contact them. You can go to backhomemagazine.com, and you can get that print issue, or you can get an array of issues via DVD. And so uh, if you're interested in this, and so Richard joins us the second and fourth Thursday of every single month. And, of course, uh, he will not be joining us on Thanksgiving. So when we say toodaloo, we'll see you back here uh, in December, Richard. So I do hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving a holiday with uh, you and your family and friends, and we look forward to seeing you back here in December. Okay, well, we'll talk to you then, and uh, everybody wish everybody a happy uh, Thanksgiving. Sounds see you in December. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. See you then. All righty, that's Richard Friedenberger, publisher of Back Home Magazine. Uh, visit them online, backhomemagazine.com. So tomorrow is Friday, no show. We'll return on Monday with another great episode of Ask the Chicken Doctor, with Peter Brown. We're going to have a great topic this coming Monday, so uh, put that on your calendar. Hope you have a great, wonderful weekend with family and friends, and make sure you bundle up and stay warm. This big, monstrous cold front's going to be coming through, so uh, stay warm over the weekend, folks. And hey, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisperer. Of course, uh, you can subscribe to the free edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine or the print edition for just $9.95 at chickenwhisperermagazine.com. And you can get all this information. We've got some great things you can do, actually, for Christmas. We've got a great mini calendar uh, printed by the book publisher. You can find that on Amazon. Um, how cool is that? That would be a great stocking stuffer for the for the Christmas lover in your life. Uh, there's the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens. The book's been, about three, been out about three years, still doing very well. You can find that on Amazon as well. The subscription to the, to the magazine, um, lots of great things. So I uh, hope you can uh, find some cool things, some Chicken Whisperer-related gifts uh, for your chick, the chicken lover in your life. So, hey, we'll see you Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless everybody. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.